0: Peace of our Lord be with you. All of the commandments are summed up in this love your neighbor as you want to be loved. Every time the lectionary asks the church, to read those words from today's epistle passage. They call to mind for me that wonderful old story about the two young village um, rascals who, thinking they were about to win a round of Stump the Preacher, approached the revered Rabbi Hillel and told the rabbi that if the rabbi could recite the entire Torah, all of the law of God, while standing on one leg, they would repent of their less than exemplary ways and join the congregation the next coming Sabbath upon which, much to their dismay, the rabbi lifted one foot and perched like a stork on a stump, said, do not do to others what you would not want done to you upon which the rabbi returned both feet to the ground and said, that is the Torah. The rest is commentary. Not unlike Paul's summation of the law in today's epistle lesson, in which Paul says, that all of the commandments in the law are summed up in and fulfilled by the life of love. Paul's call for us to, in the words of the poet Mary Oliver, live our lives in accordance with a single certainty. The single certainty that nothing matters more than that we love all others as we want to be loved. All of the law, with its many rules and rituals, disciplines and practices, renunciations and boundaries, fulfilled by, summed up in, the life of love. I can remember a time in my life when upon reading that passage, I would think to myself, surely there must be something more. (laughs) Paul's trying to make a point here, but surely he's exaggerating. There, There has to be more than just living the life of love. But I'm a lot older now than I was then. As the poet Wendell Berry says, a young man leaps and lands on an old man's legs. And while I was in the air, I learned that this is that Paul's word is so and true and true and so that all of the law and life lives in love for others. It is what God is up to in the world, and it gets us in on what God is up to when we live the life of love. A life of love which in its, in its practices is as particular, intentional, and thoughtful as those meticulously careful details in the Passover preparations about which we read in our lesson from the book of Exodus. Roast the lamb, don't boil it. Burn the leftovers, don't keep them. If your family cannot consume a lamb, find a Passover bubble family to help you. Have your shoes on and your belt buckled as you eat the Passover meal as a sign that soon you will be gone and do it every year on this day forever, generation after generation after generation, one detail after another. Just imagine what beautiful lives that kind of discipline can form. Ah! All of those annually practiced, carefully thought out, highly disciplined details. One imagines becoming the guardrails around a truly beautiful life because all of those step by step, you have to stop and think about what's coming next details require the people of God to stop, to slow down and think, to be quiet and mindful, to walk slowly and bow often in the words of the poet. The life of love to which Paul calls us in today's epistle lesson is that kind of life. It's it's a life which is that particular, intentional thoughtful, mindful, practiced, and true. A life of nothing but love, which is anything but anything goes, but which is to the contrary, a life which fulfills all of the law. So careful to be so kind that, in Paul's words, it does no wrong to anyone. Oh, what a beautiful life. The kind of life which practices what Marilyn Robinson called the renunciation which honor and decency require while also opening its arms of love to all with that boundless welcome which belongs alone to those who are so filled with the love of God that they become those ones Titus 1.15 describes when Titus 1.15 says, to the pure, all things are pure. Oh, what a life! <laughs> to the pure, all things are pure. Ah, that's the life we're after. A life lived in accordance with the single certainty that the whole law of God is somehow lived out in the life which is guided and governed motivated and compelled by nothing but love taking care of the spiritual disciplines which help to keep us centered and grounded and brave and kind until the care we take becomes the care we give. Think, for example, of the story of that 17th century Anabaptist, Dirk Willems. You all remember Dirk Willems? You know, even with your mask on, I can see the knowing glances Dirk Willems, that great Anabaptist preacher who was imprisoned by the establishment church for heresy. And while in prison, on a bitterly cold winter day, Dirk Willems managed to escape. Fleeing through the woods around the prison across a frozen pond, a prison guard who was chasing Willems upon reaching the pond fell through the ice into the bitterly cold water beneath. And Willems, upon hearing the deputies frantic cries for help stopped, turned around, went back, and pulled the deputy to safety, which took long enough that other guards had time to arrive recapture Willems and return him to prison where soon he was executed by burning for his Anabaptist heresies. So try to think about how much care Dirk Willems must have been taking of his spiritual disciplines year after year after year to bring him to that one moment in his life when he was so filled with the love of God that he could do no wrong. To a neighbor or an enemy. Ah. And on our ears, it sounds so extraordinary and heroic, but in our hearts we know that that is just Christianity 101 the ordinary, basic, garden-variety Christianity of any person who has decided to live their life in accordance with the single certainty that nothing matters more than that we love others as we would want others to love us. The one law by which we get up every morning and live our lives. Practicing day after day, taking such meticulous care to be mindful, intentional, thoughtful, tender gentle, clear, true, brave, and kind that the care we take eventually becomes the care we give.